When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of The Violin Podcast, where we interview violinists from around the world. I'm your host, Eric Morgal, and I want to thank you for joining us to the Big Five Zero episode. This is a big deal for me because when I started this violin podcast around the pandemic, it was just a startup. It was just a, a beginning project of trying to get people involved in violin playing during the pandemic and also using the violin podcast as a resource four violinists around the world. Three years later and 50 episodes later, I've interviewed so many guests on the Violin Podcast. And if you were one of them, if you're listening right now, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to pick your brain and to speak to me on the Violin Podcast. And I know that you have brought a tremendous value to the audience here. But most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener, for always coming in to the violin podcast on whatever podcast platform that you listen on and listening to the content listening to the interviews and just trying to learn something new in every single episode i do my very best to have honest conversations about relevant topics uh, pertaining to the violin world and just talk to violinists about their careers, violin practice tips and habits, because most importantly, that is what we want here at the Violin Podcast to do. We want the Violin Podcast to be a growing resource for violinists, not in the U.S., but around the world. So you'll be finding this year, 2023, we're going to be offering a lot of products, and I'm happy to share with you that we will be releasing a product on this episode so stick around until the very end to get your hands on this exclusive deal from us. Before I reveal the product, I just want to share with you a quick story as to how this product came to life. So as all of you may know, or if you're new to the Violin Podcast, welcome. I am a violin teacher. I have around 30 students ranging from ages 5 to 72. So I'm around different age groups every day, and I'm around a lot of different personalities, you may say. So I am constantly trying to improve my skill set as a teacher to become a better teacher, then also to help my students become better violinists. And something that I've noticed in my lessons in my students that a lot of parents, if you're a parent listening or if you're a teacher listening, you may be um, very familiar with these uh, common situations that you encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. But I know for me, I am always trying to encourage healthy practice habits. And I'm not expecting students in the age of five to be practicing three hours a day. Don't get me wrong. I'm not about that life. But I am about trying to create good, sustainable, healthy actions and healthy habits for every violinist. And not just violinists, just, but just generally all classical musicians or even any musicians for that matter. And I'm always encountering a situation where a parent tells me, 
you know, I'm having my child perform this on this day in this concert at school, but for some reason, they're not motivated to practice. How can I help them? What can I do as a parent to really help them? And I want to share with you some of the common barriers to practice because we all have barriers to practice. I feel like practice in general is a very emotional endeavor. And I think that as long as you understand how to approach practice from an emotional standpoint, you will find more success in the practice room. And I don't know about you, but when I was in conservatory in my undergrad and my master's, I was given a a guide as to how a college level student should be practicing. So logically, it all made sense. I had to make uh, make time to stretch. I had to make time to do my skills, my arpeggios, and then I had to do etudes. I had to do my orchestra work, uh, excerpts, and then I finally, by the end of the hour, I got to my piece that I was working for solo repertoire for my recitals, etc. And I found that to be a very exhausting routine because I realized that by the time I get to the end of the hour, I'm already exhausted. So a common barrier that I see amongst my students is finding a time of day where you get effective practice in. And if you are a parent listening or if you are a teacher or if you are a conservatory student, a professional uh, instrumentalist listening to this podcast today, I find that students are having a very fixed schedule like in the in the terms of like K through 12 schedule you go to school at 8 a.m. and then you are most likely to get picked up by your parent at 3 p.m. or if not you have extracurricular activities so by the time you get home it's around 5 p.m. and I find that usually by that point students are exhausted you know they have so much required homework for their school they have either it's Russian math or they're trying to do practice for sports. And, you know, I'm all about that because, you know, having a very uh, diverse set of skills, I think is important for any student, you know, also to be healthy, to get some exercise in. I'm all about that. But by the time they get all their activities done, it's 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. And imagine an 8 p.m. for a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old might be actually really late depending on what what they've done throughout the day. So finding a a solid time of practice where you can rely on is really important and sometimes is really scarce. Everybody gets 24 hours in a day and sometimes we don't utilize that to the best of our ability. So what I recommend to my students is trying to find a time. If you're a night person, if you're more awake at night, great you can set a time practice hours at night where your mind feels the most fresh for most students who are like k through 12 then maybe when you wake up in the morning when you practice uh before school that might be the most effective part of your day where your brain is woken up and it's fresh and you can practice scales with clarity and you can play your piece with purpose and you have a clear vision of what you want your music to be about and how you want to practice and you may or may not relate but when you're tired your practicing is just not effective Uh, for me you know when i have an entire day full of classes and i have 
to practice at the end of the day. I'm exhausted. I'm, I much rather not practice at that point of the day because I just want to go home. I want to rest because I feel like rest also is something that we don't get enough of in today's world. And I feel like a lot of that anxiety that comes from trying to practice or trying to find different ways to block those barriers is just having a plan. And that leads me to the next common practice barrier that I see with my students is just not having a plan of action. So a lot of students, and you may or may not relate, especially teachers, you may find that when a student brings in the piece, let's say something from Suzuki Book 4 or Size Concerto, for instance, and they tend to practice a lot of the beginning part, like the first page, but then as the piece goes on, the, the piece kind of gets progressively worse as they play, and then they just don't have a clear plan of what they want to work on. Usually, teachers just tell them to practice a piece and then just call it a day. But for me, I like to get really picky when writing in their assignment notebook on what to practice and how to practice, of course, Practicing with the metronome, very obvious for some that it is uh, the clearest and quickest way for you to learn from point A to point B and also to memorize at a very fast pace. That's a given. But let's say I want to have the students practice maybe like a specific line. I don't have them start from the beginning of their practice session in the beginning of the piece. I actually force them to start at like line whatever or measure whatever so that they their brain in the beginning of a practice session they know what to work on because they have written a clear goal on what to do for that day for that practice session and since we're on the topic of writing things down once you end a practice session make sure you write down what you have accomplished because oftentimes we leave the practice room feeling like we haven't really accomplished anything and we're dreading the next time we step into the practice room. And you should not think like that because that messes up your psyche and your whole violin playing. You know, one of my professors used to say, you can't play well if you don't feel well. And if you don't feel well every time you leave the practice room, then you have a problem on your hands. So always make sure that you're writing down the accomplishments you have made in a journal. Writing in a practice journal has so many benefits because something that I've learned in my personal experience when practicing and also just sharing practice tips with my students is the act of writing something down on paper. There is something that goes on in the subconscious of your brain where you're actually writing a contract with yourself saying, okay, I have done this. Now I need to accomplish this by this day or by this deadline or by the time this uh, festival audition recording is due or when the, the audition for conservatories or the professional orchestra audition, whenever that happens. It is so important to keep yourself accountable by writing the things that you've accomplished and also the things that you are striving towards. And these are habits that you simply build over time. Now, I'd be lying to you and say that these habits and these practice tips will help you right away. Because in reality, these practice barriers happen in very little increments and they can build up over time. And of course, I'm guilty of practicing with bad habits. And studies show that to create a good habit, it takes around two or three weeks to really implement it into your schedule. But what's important in this entire conversation is to establish a self-awareness in your practice. A lot of us are not really aware of what our habits are in the practice room. 
a colleague of mine used to say that the best way to figure out how you practice is simply record yourself for an hour and you know in, in today's age with modern technology we have the ability to do that with our smartphone you know you go to a voice memos app or an audio recording app you simply record yourself and then you get to analyze how you are practicing this is a behavioral issue and if you can conquer this behavior you can you can change the trajectory of your violin playing folks it's all about behavior and it's not an easy thing to overcome these practice barriers these are just a few that i'm stating in this uh, little episode today but there are other practice barriers that you know may not be so common that you're struggling with right now and it's something that you have to overcome but it's all about understanding what you are struggling with and then being more mindful of the things that you are doing in the practice room all of this to say you can tell that i think about practice all the time like how do we implement good healthy habits in the practice room and throughout the last few months i've been really thinking about this topic and how to help my students and also trying to help the violin podcast community and being better in the practice room, being more aware of their habits in the practice room, and to create healthier habits in the practice room. And a simple common barrier that I see amongst my students is just trying to find time to practice. And this is where the end of the episode, I want to share with you a product that I've been working on called the Musician's Practice Guide a quick guide for musicians who can't find time to practice. Yeah, I know the title is kind of original. I feel like the title just gets to the point. And this ebook that I want to offer you today talks about some of these practice barriers. But not only that, it shows you a way forward. If you're a conservatory student struggling to practice, this is for you. If you're a parent who's trying to get their child to practice, this is for you. If you're a teacher who as trying to find more ideas to get kids more engaged in the practice room at home this is for you to use as a resource and for today's offer on the ebook for the musician's practice guide it is five dollars that is 50 percent off the total value of this ebook because it's the 50th episode and i just want to thank my community for supporting the violin podcast and just being active listeners and active members of this community so yeah there you have it that's the deal of the day with the 50 percent off the musicians practice guide a quick guide for musicians who can't find time to practice just click on the podcast show notes for you to get this exclusive offer by clicking the link in those show notes and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you like what you hear, it would mean the world to me to subscribe to the podcast on the favorite podcast platform of your choice and also leave a rating because that helps boost the algorithm and helps boost the podcast ratings to a wider audience. If you feel like this episode is specifically for a special someone that is like, oh my gosh, I need this person to hear this, just share the podcast or go online to violinpodcast.com and share the episode there. That is the most convenient way to do it. Have people go to the website to share it. That's what this podcast is all about, to give you guys a wonderful resource for violin content. And until next time, we have a wonderful interview with violin soloist Maria Udenich in honor of Women's History Month. We'll be talking to her about her new album, Songbird. So really be on the lookout for that. 
on the next episode, which will drop in just a couple of weeks. And seriously, you don't want to miss this episode because this will be the first in-person episode I have ever done on the Violin Podcast. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be doing in-person interviews now, folks, which is really amazing. And I had the honor of sitting down with Maria, talking about this album, talking about other things. Um, on the podcast and make sure that you're subscribed to our youtube channel as well because we have the whole interview recorded in little different increments on youtube so make sure you subscribe to the violin podcast youtube channel links are also down in the show notes until next time